Welcome to the Dry Bones Ministries podcast. Each week, we'll bring you inspiring homilies and powerful stories from real Catholics, all about the truth, goodness, and beauty of Christ and His Church. If you're interested in supporting the work that we're doing, you can visit drybonespgh.org or follow us on social media at drybonespgh. Thanks for joining us. We hope that you are reminded of how much the Lord loves you and that you hear His invitation for you to come to life. seems like a lot of things are kind of uh, smashed together here. You have the fig tree, and you have the temple, and then you have this kind of teaching on prayer, so let's try and, try and make sense of it or glean something from it, right? Jesus entered Jerusalem, went into the temple there, looked around, kind of taking an assessment of everything, and he goes back out. Bethany, I think, is about seven miles from Jerusalem, so he was going from, this is right before his passion. He's going from Bethany to Jerusalem, Bethany to Jerusalem. He's going back and forth. Bethany was the place where Martha and Mary were and, and their brother Lazarus, right? So he's leaving Bethany, coming back to Jerusalem, into the temple, and he sees this fig tree, right? And it's, he was hungry. Jesus is hungry. He's like, oh good, I'll go get a fig. But here's the interesting point. It was not the time for figs, right? Why is that important? Because Jesus knew it wasn't the time for figs. Why does he know? It's like us expecting leaves in mid-February. Well, we know because we lived in Western Pennsylvania for a really long time. We, you know, everything's dead in February, right? including me. It's like everything's... So for Jesus to expect... He knew there wasn't going to be any figs on that tree. Why? Because he lived in the Middle East his whole life. So it's not... You know, there's a certain... What are we learning here? Well, then he goes to the temple and curses the fig tree. May you never grow figs again. Jesus just a fig tree, man. You know, it's like, is it Jesus just losing his passions? No, there's something more going on here. So he goes to the temple. What's the temple? The fig tree. And what's the problem with the temple? The same problem is the fig tree has. It ain't bearing fruit. It's not bearing fruit, right? And so the, the reason these are put together, all the commentators say, right, is because the fig tree and the temple are the same thing as the problem. They're meant to bear fruit and to feed the people. And the fig tree is not bearing fruit and feeding the people. And the temple isn't bearing fruit and feeding the people. So what needs to happen? A new temple has to come in. Right? May you never bear fruit again. Because something else is going to replace you. And that something else, Jesus has said in many other places in the gospel, is me, right? It was not the time for figs. Of course it wasn't the time for figs. Right? Jesus knew that. He was pronouncing judgment on the temple. Just like he was pronouncing judgment on the fig tree. It's the same with us. How do we not bear fruit? Or maybe even to ask, how have we allowed our hearts to become dens of thieves? Because when they become dens of thieves, they can't bear fruit. How, what are the money changers in your heart? What are the, you know, 
confess or that we need to confess if we haven't confessed? What's 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 gotten in there? Because the more blood gets in there, the less fruit we're able to bear. And God has not made us to not bear fruit. When I was the fourth string quarterback in college, I remember my and the assistant coach who recruited me said, Joe, I didn't bring you into Buffalo to sit the bench. I was like, really? <laughs> it was pretty nice. <laughs> Slow the clipboard, get a free ride, it's pretty cool, you know, no responsibility. I didn't bring you into Buffalo to sit the bench. And God is not, he hasn't given you the faith he's given you to not bear fruit. I didn't, I didn't give you faith so you could come to Mass and feel really nice. I have a mission for you. You are to bear fruit. It's not, a, you know, it's like, okay, you come to Mass, and it's just about, I get to go retired now. I get to go to Mass, and I just get to hold the clipboard and sit the bench. There ain't no retirement Christianity. Right? It just doesn't happen. You are to bear fruit. As I am to bear fruit. And this parish is to bear fruit. If Jesus comes into this parish, and this parish is to bear fruit, woo! I didn't make this to be a nice place for everybody to come and feel good about themselves. That's not true. You could go down to the Elvis Club for that. There are Elvis Clubs I don't even know what an Elvis Club is. Just go. Made you to bear fruit. Fruit that will last. How do we bear fruit? Well, it's nice. He tells us. I'm the vine, you're the branches. Remain in me. Is that it? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, just remain in me. So, repent. Get the junk out. Clear out the money changers. He'll clear them out too. By putting us in situations. Oh boy. <laughs> He'll clear them out too, right? But then remain in it. Two part repentance and union and fruit is born. Let me just say this last thing about prayer real quick. Because this is so misinterpreted so many times. And so much is lost in the translation from the Hebrew and the Greek. Uh, Jesus, have faith in God, and I say, whoever says this mountain be lifted up thrown on the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes what he says will happen, it shall be done for him. Whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you will receive it, and it shall be yours. Often we interpret that as, if I believe it enough, if I have enough subjective feeling that this is going to happen, it's going to happen. Well, I would imagine a parent who's watching their child die of cancer would have enough personal subjective to, why wasn't it done? You know what I'm saying? Belief, the belief that Jesus, that he is not a vending machine. The belief that Jesus is talking about here is a trusting, personal relationship with God that leads to union so that our desires and His, that is our prayers, align so perfectly that I don't want anything but that one as you will. That's what that is. It's union with Christ. Not, if I can just work up enough subjective feeling and I believe that I'm going to get a brand new Corvette this afternoon. <laughs> Anybody has a Corvette, I'll take it. It'll happen. That's not it. That's not it. 
It's total conformity in union with Jesus so that my heart is completely aligned with His and I only want what He wants.